Welcome to season two of Flop Stars. Much like the first, Flop Stars is the podcast where we look at projects by our favorite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined once again by Project U's Nick Kelly to delve deep into misunderstood projects. This episode, we're taking a look at a fresh record. Jesse Ware's fourth album, What's Your Pleasure, has been met with critical acclaim and a wave of public excitement like she's never received before. She's always made great music while traversing a very fine line between the underground and the mainstream. This week, we're discussing why this album feels so free and how she's handled pop pressure throughout her career. Hello, Nick. How are you today? Hi, Sam. I'm fantastic. Um, It's great to be back for episode two of season two. Um, Just um, a a lot of of news going on today. Nicki Minaj is having a baby. Um, Yeah, that's very exciting. That ties in very well to this episode, actually, because um, Jessie Ware had an uncredited feature on a Nicki Minaj song called The Crying Game. Very nice from you. This is why we How's need that sound segue? effects, so I can do like exactly a, a ding and a clap for all your wonderful Jesse Ware trivia. Now I think this is worth setting up that you are a Jesse Ware super fan. You, I don't know anyone that's a bigger Jesse Ware fan <laughs> than you, and I love her. And really? I've been into so many of the songs. We've seen her live together. Um, in we have in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Um. Definitely a big Jessie Ware fan, but you are like you are the super fan of Jessie Ware of the pair of us. I love her. Yeah, I've yeah. been there from the start. I've seen her with Disclosure back in the early days, and I've watched her through everything from Ed Sheeran co-writes to Nicki Minaj features and <laughs> mild hits and um, some flops, and <laughs> yeah, now a record that is being received incredibly well by everybody who has put their ears to it which is really exciting for her and often doesn't happen at this stage of a um, pop artist career so it's going to be really fun today to dive into her fourth album what's your pleasure great title to start with um just you know sets up a question allows you to dive in and really really work out what your pleasure actually is and it turns out my pleasure is uh is is disco tinged 80s tinged (laughs) wonderful pop music sung by a woman from the united kingdom it turns out that is my pleasure isn't that amazing that <laughs> she, she asked the question, it just came full circle. Exactly. <laughs> Big old 360. But let's have, a, let's have a dive for folks who maybe are passive listeners of Jessie Ware, um, which I would probably consider myself more in the camp of than a, than a super fan of Jessie Ware. Um, you know, yeah. I, kn- I know the hits. I, I know a bit of the history, but I don't know the deep story. What yeah. did we perceive Jessie Ware as? before What's Your Pleasure came out? Where was she in her career and her life? Because I feel like she was doing a lot of different things. She'd had some time to reflect since uh, Glass House came out in 2017. In your eyes, Sam, as a fan who had been following the work of Jessie Ware, what was she in the beginning of 2020 prior to What's Your Pleasure? Well, it's an interesting story for Jessie because um, obviously she kind of came up in the underground British dance scene and then... Um, it, she started to show show, blah, show some hip Jesus Christ <laughs> that 
was show, amazing. Show some hip potential. Um, and she had a few, um, I guess there were some big hits. Say You Love Me was quite a big hit in the UK. Um, and then her third album, Glass House, she had like a lot of good writers on it. So then it got to the fourth album. And interestingly, she kind of lost interest with music. So she toured um, Glass House in the US and it didn't do overly well. She ended up losing money. And she got to a point at Coachella where she was uh, clashing with Cardi B. And that year was Cardi B's year. She was pregnant. She just dropped the album. Um, Her set was incredible. And obviously it would have been hard for anybody to compete with her. Um, Jessie got off stage and her mum was like, why don't you quit basically? After that, she starts a podcast with her mum that starts to do incredibly well and suddenly music's not her bread and butter anymore and she's got this podcast that has millions and millions of listens now. So I guess at the start of 2020, things had reset for her where she didn't actually have to rely on getting a hit from this album. She just wanted to make an album because she wanted to make an album, which I feel was not the case on the album, maybe two previous albums before this. And I think the result of it is something that just feels like her freest work yet. And it feels exactly what Jessie Ware is. There's no outside influence. She basically made it all with James Ford of Simeon Mobile Disco. Um, and together they obviously just had a great time delving into this genre and this period of music that they love. What a beautiful way to set up where Jesse Ware was before we dive into this album proper. And I think as well, <laughs> there's something to be said about this kind of, I don't want to say it's a trend, but there's a few artists that I can think of who have dived into expressing themselves in other mediums and then come back to music and made some of their best and freest work yet. And if I may yeah. say so, this includes another artist you are a super fan of, Sam Murphy, and that is Kelly Clarkson. Oh diving my God, into, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> diving into... We need to do a Kelly episode. Diving, we absolutely do. Diving into television and creating this beautiful TV show that warmed so many yeah. middle Americans' hearts and then coming back, breaking up with her partner and releasing a brilliant couple of singles most recently. And maybe it is In this whole... In seven light... languages, might I add. Seven languages! Very good. Yeah. It's, almost like, <laughs> it's almost, almost as many as Sam Fisher with his hit This City. Um, and <laughs> and the, the, but the thing that I, I find fascinating about it, the through line must be they find a new medium to tell stories because at the end of the day, if we're being, you know, um, if we're going to be super pop critics, you know, great music is great storytelling, really. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's taking people on a, a lyrical kind of journey or a, a, a sonic journey um, that tells a yeah. story. And so maybe it's finding that other way to express themselves that isn't as tied up in similes and metaphors and, and sort of, you know, more you know, con- uh, considered language and they, yeah. they they feel a freedom to express themselves in a different way, whether that be through podcasting, through television, through acting even, and then come back yeah. to music. So maybe there is something to be said about, yeah, freeing themselves up through other mediums and then coming back to music and finding a whole fresh take on it. And you know what the tie between those two is as well? The pair of them have a fuckload of personality. 
yeah. naturally. Yes, charisma. They're, they're just naturally brilliant people. And I mean, Jessie was just tailor-made for a podcast because she's just very naturally um, like a, an extrovert and a very giving person. And she always has been in interviews. Um, yeah. And what's interesting, I think, is the last two albums before this one, there were moments where you kind of lost that um, very buoyant and bubbly personality because she was touching on things that were quite serious. Obviously, she just became a, become a mother and there were dedications to that. And then also kind of reaching your 30s and kind of reaching this like junction in your life where everything starts changing. She had some serious shit to work through. Whereas on What's Your Pleasure, she's a mother of two now. And it's it's got this theme of escapism that runs through all of it, where it's like, I can't go out every night and get shit faced and and hang out with my friends and dance all night now because that would be um that would make me a negligent mother, but I can do it on an album and I can kind of pretend and then wildly we get stuck in quarantine in the middle of it all, and it makes sense to everybody because nobody can go out right now and now we've got this disco album that is kind of soundtracking our imagination. It gets a whole new life, doesn't it? And it, it broadens its ability to connect to so many different people. And that's kind of been the beauty of a lot of records throughout this this period since the pandemic started, is they've taken a lot of records yeah. have taken on a new life and a new meaning for people that whereas, you know, folks who potentially felt quite free and and still quite debaucherous before may have not been able to connect to some of that deeper subject matter. And so it's provided yeah. an, an additional kind of context for people which is really exciting i want to know your uh, and again i think i want to keep picking your brain on this because you (laughs) were a stan during the context of you know her past records as well and and you've been a consistent fan did jesse ever kind of sit in in your mind in the mainstream of pop because she had some you know really fantastic pop records she worked with huge collaborators like ed sheeran and benny blanco and um two inch punch or whatever they're called you know like really consistent mainstream collaborators but did her work ever sit and and her as an as a pop star ever sit in that kind of mainstream of of pop do you think I think she could have got there and I think there was always a tendency I mean I I think she's one of the artists who was never really built to play the commercial mainstream game yeah I think that her interests kind of have always lied in making music that stays true to her and I think it's why you got like Tough Love for example the first single Tough Love it was never going to be a a big hit commercially it's like very jesse it's all sung basically in falsetto it's a very low-key song um say you love me on the other hand is an ed sheeran co-write and an absolute monster of a ballad that was kind of made for british radio so i think there was always kind of this tug of war between her making what she wants to make and then her kind of realizing that actually maybe i I could be quite a big pop star. And I don't think she ever really jumped into the commercial pop star thing, which is, I guess, why we end up talking about her on something called Flop Stars, because I feel like some of the records we've spoken about, there was a very obvious um, grab for hits, whereas I don't think for Jesse there's ever been a real obvious grab for hits. But Say You Love Me did do very well and it was and I think it's kind of like a staple song on the X Factor now and um is her most streamed song on on streaming services. So 
I think, yeah, I think she did kind of do well for a little while. And Glasshouse had some huge writers on it. I think I even wrote wrote it down. Mm. Here, it had Ed Sheeran, Julia Michaels, um, and Sarah Ahrens all on the record. So that's like a, that's A grade pop writing, really. And you know what? I'm thinking that- about the charisma of those and the, the personalities of those co-writers. I've never met Ed, but I have had the good fortune of meeting Sarah and Julia over the journey. And they, yeah. to me, emanate the same warmth, the same openness, the same vulnerability, the same encouragement of openness in the people they work yeah. with as well, that Jessie exudes. And so that felt like perfect collaborators for her. But does yeah. working with these superstar collaborators actually end up with hits for her? That's the question. Just because you're working with superstar collaborators doesn't mean you end up competing on the charts, right? Well, they make quite... I think um, Sarah and Sarah Aaron's and she, I say Sarah like she's my neighbour. I've never <laughs> met her or had any conversation with her. Sarah and Jessie um, made probably the biggest, most commercial song on Glass House, a song called Alone. Um, but even that only made it to 60 in the UK. You'll be interested to know that one of Jessie's biggest markets is Poland and that song went to number 19 in Poland. Wow! That's that's yeah. real. What is it about the poles that they become a fan of, of Jessie Ware? Are they a warm? I have no idea, but nearly every album, her highest charting market has been Poland. That's incredible. <laughs> we love to see. So there it. you go. We need to target our marketing of this podcast towards <laughs> Poland. If anyone has a little hook up with anyone in Poland, let us know. Yeah. If there's We're like, dying to break the market. If there's like an NPR in Poland that we can put this podcast on <laughs> for like an hour special on rotation, please let us know. That would be fantastic. Um, I know that you're p- picking my brain, but I'd also like to pick your brain. Mm. Um, because as somebody who's watched casually, why do you think, or firstly, do you think that there's just been something extra special around the way that this fourth album's been received, particularly in Australia, which has basically never been a market for her at all. Which is really interesting to me because she does feel like a pretty sensible artist to work in Australia and, and like the kind yeah. of artist that, you know, folks at the record labels would want to get behind and and really push yeah. here. I think you've raised you've raised a couple of really good points. I think the timing has been immaculate and providing that escapism has been a perfect opportunity. I also think the rise and rise of optimism in the Australian ecosystem in the past three or four years has been a big part of it as well. Disco isn't a guilty pleasure anymore. Disco isn't a a joke. Um, And I say that with the world's largest air quotes because I... (laughs) We we have always treated pop with the respect it it sometimes deserves. But there is this rise and rise of poptimism where it's no longer a conversation about, you know, I wouldn't, you know, listen to this with my friends, but I will listen to it as my little guilty secret when I'm on the bus. It's now the kind of stuff that we're bumping at at parties. And even in this period of of self-isolation and... I'm going to get into my semantics rant about people using the words quarantine, self-isolation and social distancing in the wrong context, but I'm not going to do that again because I've done it on 15 podcasts now. (laughs) But 
<laughs> in this period where, you know, it's smaller, we're not having house parties in Australia at the moment and we're not having, yeah. you know, big gatherings. We're having dinner party style things with five to ten people. Yeah. And this album suits itself to the liveliness of a candlelit, heated, warm, smiley, giggly dinner party conversation. This is what that album yeah. is made for. So there's been a few things from a timing perspective that have worked in her favour here. And I also I also think there's, there's an element of... There's almost a word of mouth sort of like fire, wildfire that spreads when something is, is now cr- is critically lauded these days. Yeah. When things are getting, you know, the great pitchfork look-ins and best new music and those great Metacritic scores and, and yeah. folks are talking about it and calling it the album of the year and that kind of stuff, that opens up a lot more people to listen to it than may have used to, particularly... At the moment, while people have got more time to absorb music and more time to lock in to records, um, I yeah. think there's been yeah there's been some additional time for people to absorb it. So I think all of those things combined with just Jessie's magnetism and her charisma have combined to make this a, a perfect storm for her this time around. Yeah, the, it feels like the only thing that feels good right now is like records like this that just kind of take you onto the dance floor and take you away. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I feel like any time we've had people over here, which is very recently in New York, I think it's just the last few weeks we've been able to see anybody. Um, and the records that kind of keep getting put on is the Jesse one and the Dua one, um, the Gaga one, alongside things like Donna Summer and like Madonna and like disco records. It's all just kind yes. of like silly, just pop music that makes you feel good nobody's like willing to sit down and listen to anything particularly heavy or complicated right now. Exactly. And I think there's, there's such a joy in keeping things simple and just like tapping into the perfect emotion, which is what, what this album does so well. And look, Dua, Dua is a really good one to bring up because I think this whole concept of future nostalgia that she coined through releasing her record has opened up something that I think we've been yearning for in, in the last little while because I think we've wanted to, you know, go back to, um, we've wanted to go back to normal and we've wanted to go back to when yeah. everything was easier pre the pandemic, but also with a glimmer of we want this new normal and we want to get rid of some of the atrocities in the world and and some of yeah. the, the the other plagues that are on society. We want to move forward from those and evolve and learn and be better people and be a better world. And I think records like this and all the ones you just mentioned, whether it be the Donna Summer stuff, whether it be Kylie, whether it be Dua, whether it be Jesse, yeah. have that kind of perfect balance of feeling like a throwback to times that were warmer and better and sunnier, but at the same time, something fresh about them and something new about yeah. them. And I think that reflects the mood of the world right now. There's this really kind of beautiful, loose narrative that runs through this album that I just love. And it's it starts quite slow with Spotlight and then the beat comes on and then you get the bangers in the middle um, and you get some really like kooky disco moments and there are like there's this sentiment that you never want the night to end and you never want to go home, which like we've all felt at some point, <laughs> um, maybe with the interference of some redacted things and then you and then but eventually there's it ends with this song remember where you are and and it's kind of like this song of like take she says can you take me home and it's like 
the night can be so good and the night will be good but everything comes to an end and there's like nothing more comfortable and nice than being able to just go home and like that's i i thought that was like a really clever way to be able to make something really personal about an album that sometimes like feels like super fun it just felt like so warm and kind of homely i feel like there's a closure to it isn't there and i think that's what some albums lack sometimes and i also think it's a through line of all my favorite albums of all time they've not felt open-ended they've felt like you get some sort of sense of closure and it doesn't necessarily have to be with the final track or the end of the album but as a whole experience listening to every track you feel like you you know you get into that vulnerability and you get into those scary thoughts you get into those the night's never going to end kind of situations but there's always a closure and something that brings yeah. it home and i think that's definitely something that happens in in what's your pleasure that i think is beautiful and even in the Dior album too on a to- in a totally different way like she gives you these these like crazy dance floor moments and these fist pumpers, but then she brings you back down on the final track with boys will be boys. And she's like, have your fun, but just recognize that this bullshit still exists. Yes, <laughs> like, so exactly. The job's not done once you get home from the club. Exactly. I'll give you some fun. I'll give you 10 records of fun. And then I'll give you two records that remind you that boys are still shit. And it works perfectly. I must say I feel like we're at the risk of um, sounding too intelligent right now I was thinking the same thing I was about to say we are on fire today you and I are so eloquent we're never eloquent we're always completely never eloquent never eloquent today we're very eloquent I'm very proud of us for this also exactly you should be really stoked that I keep hitting the mute button every time I cough and splutter and and snort due to my ill health um, as <laughs> I, I feel like those sound effects podcasts. might give some people PTSD at the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be very carefully removing. That's very kind of these you. sounds. But uh, yes, too intelligent. Let's move into a silly game, should we? Sounds like a plan. So uh, we've done this a few times before. It sometimes worked. It mostly hasn't. I feel like it's probably less likely to work with Jesse Ware, who (laughs) has almost zero relevance to any of the artists who will be mentioned in this game. But we're going to play our song game for this week is Jesse or Another Jesse. Great. So it could be a Jess. It could be a Jessica. It could be a fellow Jesse. But we're going to put a Jesse Ware song up against a song by them. Love this concept. Are you ready? I'm ready. There's so many good Jesses I can think of. Hit me. (laughs) <laughs> the first one we're doing is Say You Love Me by Jessie Ware. Me to my face. Versus Flashlight by Jessie J. Wow, okay, so we've got Say You Love Me, which from memory that's the Ed Sheeran co-write? Correct, yeah. And that's the beautiful, big, but also quite like pulled back ballad um, yeah. that is one of Jessie's biggest hits, if not her biggest hit, um, her best streaming, versus Flashlight by Jessie J, which I recall being from Pitch Perfect 2 from memory. So, yeah. Hayley Steinfeld sang it in the movie, but it's a Jessie J track, I think with a Sia right on it. That's really ah. testing the limits of my brain. Mm. But I think that's the case. I think that's how it worked. Um, yeah. Hard one, because I don't gravitate towards ballads normally, but I think I'm yeah. going to go on principle 
Jesse Ware and Say You Love Me because it is, you know, objectively a fantastic song. Um, yeah. And we stand Jesse Ware getting a hit. So we'll go with Say You Love Me on this one. What about you? Yeah, definitely Say You Love Me, obviously. <laughs> I thought so. I, I think Jesse so. J is absolutely hilarious. So <laughs> good. <laughs> She's been doing these live streams in, like, her living room. Oh, my God. But she, like, fucking decks out for them. She's been, like, costume changes. She's clunking on her, like, wooden floorboards in high heels, <laughs> screeching at the top of her lungs. <laughs> She's been absolutely hilarious to watch. So not like the Australian pop star Delta Goodrum buying a $2 rainbow flag from the uh, reject no. shop and sticking it up with blue tack behind her. No, Jesse J is giving you the full production. Thanks, Jesse. It's very kind of you. Using that uh, Chinese X Factor money well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is Save a, Ki- uh, Save a Kiss, which Save I suspect will probably end up being me. the biggest hit off What's Your Pleasure. Versus Burn by Jessica Malboy, or as I've spelled it on our run run sheet, run sheet, Jessice Malboy. Fantastic. Jessice Malboy. <laughs> All right. It. So Burn, Jessica Hilda Malboy's uh, big hit, Burn. Um, <laughs> one of her early hits. It's got that really, I don't want to say cheap synth at the start. That's like... Yeah. Um, great song doesn't stand the test of time when Australian radio stations are trying to fill their Australian music quota over summer and there's bushfires everywhere um, and it has to be dropped from the playlist. It doesn't stand. See also Firestarter Samantha Jade. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) Remind me to tell you something interesting about that. Okay. Carry on. Oh, you can't do this. Okay, okay. Um... Burn Jessica Malpoy <laughs> is is not one of her great hits, I wouldn't say. It doesn't stand up as a Jess Malpoy song. Really? As, no. no. I was going like to pop a hook. bottle, but then I just knew you would pick pop a bottle. Yeah. Or To be honest, Save a Kiss is that strong that it would have been contentious. Ooh. I would have gone pop a bottle, just for clarity here. But in this <laughs> battle, I'm going to go with Save a Kiss. You can't go past that song. And you're right. I think it will be deservedly one of the big takeaways from what's your pleasure what about you it's a banger it could be jesse's mm. first banger ever it's a real like hell yeah dance floor stormer so yeah i have to go that as well but i do like burn by jesse's mm. um so yeah <laughs> I like, yeah it doesn't stand up to save a kiss but what i wanted to tell you is there was this great guardian article mm. about the songs that you play um in a in a tragedy, in a national tragedy. So I think the the hook of the article was about what songs you play if the Queen dies, mm. which is apparently the greatest tragedy one can <laughs> one can live through. Truly, um, it's, and it's probably pretty fucking inevitable at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't we know. They're that? doing a pretty good job at um, keeping Prince Philip propped up. So. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of pegs Probably going to end up taxidermy in Queen Elizabeth and just <laughs> ferrying her around in cars. We're going to be cancelled by the monarchists. Shit. We can't say that. <laughs> but the point of this is they were saying Coldplay and Ed Sheeran are your go-to songs to play, but a radio announcer um, in Britain during the... Um, the do they call it the tube when there were the bombs on the tube Hmm. they were trying to think of what song 
to play and he thought Sugar Babes surely don't have an offensive song amongst them. So he played Overload by the Sugar Babes, which has a line in it that says, um, train comes, it, we don't know its destination. It's a one-way ticket to a madman situation. Oh my God. And that's a really like loud lyric in it and you know you it's there. You could not pick a worse song. You can just imagine oh. his heart absolutely sunk. So that's a I would, I would story. say that's akin to playing Burn by Jessica Malboy during the bushfires. I have a similar parable about an Australian radio station once uh, on what's called Anzac Day in Australia for our international listeners, which is a, a celebration of... Our Polish listeners. For our Polish listeners, that's right, whilst we're on uh, NPR Poland. Um Anzac Day, just briefly, it's like um, it's it's celebrates the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps who fought in World War One, basically, and, and it also celebrates all returned service people. But <clears throat> every year there is a one minute of silence as as yeah. dawn breaks, and what the radio stations will do is they'll get rid of their backup tapes that kick in after twenty seconds of silence on a radio station where you might. You know, you'll hear a bit of silence and you hear a random song play. Um, this one radio station forgot to disable their backup tape and during the minute of silence after the bugle played, Anne Lee's popular hit two times. You know that song that goes... Just starts blaring on this radio station whilst everyone's listening to the dawn service and just like watching this beautiful silence happen. Anne Lee's two times starts blaring across the town and just like you can't pick a more... <laughs> A less somber song than Anne Lee's Two Times Absolutely to play at that not. time. It's perfect. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> anyway, we're in the middle of a game, aren't we? Sorry, I got sidetracked with Anne Lee. Moving on. <laughs> so the next one we're doing is Spotlight, the opener of the album. Verse Hold My Hand by Jess Glynn. <laughs> Set Jess Sexy Fish Glynn. Justice for Sexy Fish. <laughs> 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 Sexy fish incident. Bloody hell. Anyway. Um, <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> yeah, I was just having a moment about the sexy fish incident. Oh, my God. Anyway. Hold my hand, Jess Glynn. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's good. good little pop song. Spotlight, Jesse Ware. Much better. Spotlight, Jesse Ware wins this battle. What about I you? I agree. Well, this is such an easy one. Who are the Jesses that you would have brought up? Well, that's a good question. Uh, Betty Who's real name is Jess. I probably would have brought Betty Who to the okay. table. She's probably got some some songs that stand up. Um, I, right. like, I like Spotlight versus I Love You Always Forever cover by um, <laughs> Betty Jessica Who. <laughs> oh, shit. That's hard. I like Don't the I Love You Always Forever cover. It's great. Oh, yeah, shit. All right, keep going. Next one. Next one. I agree. Spotlight wins. Jess cool. Glynn. Um, Glad yeah. clear. I mean, I like Jess Glynn's energy. She's um, had some great songs. I like that she cancelled a festival because she was out partying with Mel B after the Spice Girls tour. You gotta respect that. You gotta respect that. <laughs> no, I like... Is now blacklisted from Isle of Wight Festival. <laughs> I love the fact it was Isle of Wight Festival makes it even better for some reason. So good. There's something so comical All about right. that. The final one is Champagne Kisses. Mm-hmm. Um, versus With You by Jessica Simpson. Champagne Kisses, without a doubt, Jessie Ware's best song. Possibly one of the best songs of the last, of that decade, the, of the tens. It's yeah. everything. That song is just, 
If there's any pop fans listening to this because they're pop fans that haven't listened to Champagne Kisses by Jesse Ware before, that would be where I would start and then Absolutely. go on a journey. That's just a yeah. grand, magic journey of a pop song. Um, yeah. Jessica Simpson with you, great, you know. You're now about to say Jessica Simpson's with you was the best pop song of the decade yes, prior. Exactly, so a very good matchup. And on balance, <laughs> it stood up more than Champagne Kisses, without a doubt. No, Champagne <laughs> Kisses is just like Champagne Kisses will win pretty much anything you put it up against for me. Um, it's a perfect song. Born this way. Fuck. <laughs> Do you actually want me don't to answer, answer. that? Yeah, no, because no, I don't have an answer. I love Champagne Kisses with all my heart as well, so I'm going that. Yeah, but. I do like With You by Jessica Simpson. I'm really <laughs> yeah. glad I put a lot of thought into that game and really some That's a great tough, game. Some tough questions were were answered. <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> so we've talked about that it's interesting putting her up against big pop stars because um there's just very different worlds, it feels like, and it may be the answer to this question I'm gonna ask you because what's your pleasure? Um, great reviews, everyone I know is talking about it. Um but as of this point, uh, not one song has charted anywhere. Why is that, do you think? That's a really hard question. And I would be inclined to say it is the fault of the music industry and not the yeah. fans. I would say potentially these records are too... I don't want to say experimental because they're really not experimental records, but they don't fit on any... I'm thinking about the Australian radio landscape to start with. They don't fit on Australian radio yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Maybe Double J, which is our kind of sort of like um, sort of adult contemporary radio station here. Which I think she did appear on. I think yeah. she did an interview with um, Zamro. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. think that, that she had a look in there, but nothing too... Nothing that is, was going to blow her into the stratosphere. And Double J is very much one of those tastemaker stations that's not particularly mainstream either. It's only available on um, digital radio and, and online. Looking at the American market, I would say it's very much the same. You wouldn't hear a Jesse Ware record on, on Kiss or Z100. Um, UK, it should make sense everywhere in the UK. It feels like a prime yeah. Radio 1 and Radio 2 record. But, yeah, I would say potentially the songs, whilst being... perfect disco pop records I would say none of them particularly fit onto the place that's going to get you into middle America and get the people that spend the money on iTunes and get the people that you know make it a core hit Um, there's no there's no virality to these records which I think is a good thing because it'll make them stand the test of time that would be my deduction what do you what do you think yeah I guess I mean, it's a good time for her to release it, given that just accidentally Disco's having this moment. But when you think about the Gaga record, um, that's very four to the floor. Big pop hooks, big pop drops, um, like Blood Pop involved, Skrillex involved. Um, Then you think of Dewar and hers very, like, overtly camp choruses um, and very kind of over-the-top at points. I feel like... Um, Jessie's is kind of like a more refined version of disco. I think a lot of people have kind of um, like related it to like 70s New York kind of um, classy 
champagne club kind of vibes. Yeah. Which I don't think particularly suits radio right now. And certainly I can't see a, a song that's as cheeky as like, ooh la la or step into my life suddenly taking off on TikTok. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I do think Save a Kiss, like I, if I was a British radio programmer, I would absolutely be picking that up. That's the one that has the the main hit potential I think despite yeah. the fact there's a lot of very accessible and brilliant songs on there that's the one that you could probably sit alongside your Dewars and Gargars and that kind of thing I know we keep going back to the Dua sort of comparison not a comparison but uh, uh, what's that word not alignment um, we keep going back to Dua to put it basically yeah gotcha a radio, a seasoned radio programmer I was speaking to recently in Australia noted yeah. that Doer's Future Nostalgia is the only pop album that has worked in Australia this year at radio, and it's because it's a pop album with attitude. So even wow. you've got, you had mild hits from Gaga, Rain On Me yeah. and Stupid Love were mild hits. You had Bieber with one hit, Intentions, and to a lesser extent, but Stuff With You. even, like, not pop, I wouldn't even really class that as pop. Exactly. The only yeah. pure pop record that's worked this year is Dua because it's got so much attitude and personality in it. And yeah. so, yeah, it's very... And these records definitely have personality in them. I wouldn't necessarily say they're attitude... They're, many of them are attitude-packed songs, but... Yeah. It, it's really interesting, pop. looking at pop in the wider context in 2020. Often on this podcast, we go back to where pop was in, say, 2008 or 2012, and it was a lot more, you know, a lot more of those really accessible, pure records were getting radio play. But in yeah. 2020, it's, it's, it's so heavily on the, you know, on the hip-hop and R&B tilt that it's hard. It's wild it's to me. And I wonder if it is going to change given how well Dew has done and obviously the other big pop record of the year is um, Blinding Lights, The Weeknd. Mm. I wonder if people are going to start making music like that or if Ava Max is able to break through as we were speaking about um, in the virtual green room before the podcast. The virtual green room! (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder if next year we're going to be looking at a very different... um, very different pop world, but potentially not. I mean, maybe those, like, quirky... um, kind of what's the word subtle tiktok songs are going to be the ones that continue to take off i mean you look at like like one of the biggest radio hits of the year in australia has been powfu and be a badoobie coffee Mm. for your head in brackets deathbed um very chirpy song so chirpy side note if anyone ever tells you your band name or your artist name matters look at powfu and be a badoobie having one of the biggest records of the year and tell me yeah. that because that worked. Yeah. But yeah, it is, I think, and, and TikTok is obviously driving radio so much now because there are credible good records that are coming to the front on TikTok and it's not just trash. There was some trash early on yeah. rising, but there's some really strong songwriting coming to the front and, and interesting ideas. Um, Curtis Waters has this track, Stunning, that's um, starting to really blow up. Um, it's that yeah. one that goes, Asama, Asama, nah. That's my impression of Curtis Waters stunning. Um, that was br- brilliant. Cover. Thank you so much. At least it was recognised. You might have a you. Betty Who moment on your hands. And <laughs> I, I love you always forever with that. That's what I want. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm on a giant tangent here. But yeah, I think <laughs> it will be interesting to see what 
commercially successful radio pop looks like in 12 months time because at the moment it's doer or nothing and i don't want to i feel like i harp on about this sometimes and like um as being two white males to talk about something like this i mean our knowledge on it is obviously not (laughs) not widely um taken by people rightfully but um yeah, I don't feel take like our advice obviously, on yeah, exactly. Mainstream um, radio, particularly in Australia, is very ageist towards female pop stars. Mm. And um, Jessie Ware is thirty, very proudly thirty-five. And this record sounds like it came from a thirty-five-year-old in the best way possible, because only somebody with um, kind of who's gone through the club life and has had a family and is able to like reminisce on those days and also make something that's really that's kind of liberating and confident in the way that only somebody who can live who's lived can make but it's just interesting that radio shies away from that and i'm just thinking about the best records of the year in my opinion they've all come from women who are um over 30 at least in terms of fiona apple jesse ware the the chicks fka the dixie chicks um (laughs) Even Gaga is, just is 34. That, and Gaga as well. And just amazing that radio can still shy away from this because I know that it's not all 17-year-olds listening to radio, and particularly in Australia. Yeah. It's your, your like, Carries and your Terries who are in the car listening to commercial radio. So I just wonder why it doesn't work. But I think the thing is radio is happy to support women in their 30s if they already set them up in their 20s. So yeah. radio is happy to get behind Gaga because when she was 24, she was putting out Just Dance. Or I think she was a yeah. little... Yeah, 24 she would have been. Um, because they've set her up in that age. And radio will, in Australia, radio will celebrate, you know, Beyonce's, I think she's 38 this year, I want to say. Like radio yeah. will celebrate artists, you know, turning a certain age, and, and but they needed to have set them up in their 20s as the, the next big pop star. And now we look at Dua, who's 25, and she is the next big pop star. She will still be played on radio in her 30s, but it's only yeah. because radio has set her up as this fun, exciting pop star in her 20s. And you're right, that ageism absolutely still exists and I think as well there's um when we were talking earlier about how you know Jessie's you know now now mother um and you know has this album's got a lot of you know escapism for parents as well and for mothers um yeah I think this that's another trope that radio has is it won't play music by mums because mums are boring is the way it's kind of yeah. viewed. Mum artists yeah. are boring, you know. And yeah. I think Jesse may fall into that category in terms of what these harsh black and white decision makers are the, are the gatekeepers of radio. It is. There's a lot of 22 year olds, 22 year old males who are making music that's far more boring than anything Absolutely. that's on this record. Exactly. And far young fathers are happily making records and still getting yeah. radio play and older and it's a celebrated thing but when a woman has a child like it's, yeah it, I could talk about this for days but there are definitely those really deeply awfully ingrained sexist things happening at radio still yeah. that yeah aren't even really it's not a conversation that's happening it's a perception it's Absolutely. not it's not radio programmers going oh she's a mum she's boring it's a perception that she's boring based on 
that their that pre that prior information and that feel that gut feel they get that she won't test well. And I guess the the point of that of our long winded conversation <laughs> on that is that Jessie wears proudly thirty five and she's gone fuck it I couldn't care less yeah. what you're gonna think about this I'm gonna make a dance record. Um, and it's going to be for the clubs and you can go shove it if you don't yeah. agree with that. So, Absolutely. And it's so like sexy and like everything about it is just so cool, I think, from her. So on the note, um, on the sexy note. <laughs> In giant air quotes. Game, my game that I'm blessing you with today is called What's Your Pleasure, Sex Toy Review or Album Review? Holy so shit. So I'm going to give you either a review of Jesse's What's Your Pleasure or I'm going to give you a review of a sex toy. Excellent. It's very fun to research um, living in a house with people that can see most things that are on the screen. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you know, you're a human being <laughs> with... You're know. a human being with... Needs. <laughs> um, and Hit now, me with the first I'm... review. All right. So the first one I'm giving you is for those craving a sense of connection. Interesting. For those craving a sense of connection. Definitely could be relevant to the Jesse album, but also could be a review of, you know, those um, long distance partner sex toys that exist where it's like yeah. it's remote controlled by your partner in the other, you know, in the other part of the world. Um, I reckon it's, it's possibly, I reckon it's a review of that. <laughs> I like the specific, specific mm. what is wrong with me today? There's a, a, of that's it. a hard word. <laughs> it makes me think that you feel like you've left this review. Um, but you haven't because it's a review of the Jessie Ware album from Vogue. I like that. I like that. Even though I was wrong, I like that. That's very strong. All right. The next one is TikTok, bitch. TikTok, welcome to motherhood. Holy <laughs> shit. If that's a review, that's a harsh fucking review. And I would hope it's not from one of our colleagues in the music industry leaving such a rude <laughs> review. Um, TikTok, bitch, TikTok, welcome to motherhood. Ah, ah, I don't want it to be a review of Jesse Ware's album being like, wake up, <laughs> but possibly is. I'm going to go Jesse Ware album. It is a review of a toy called Tracy's dog. Tracy's, Tracy's dog? Tracy's dog. Tracy's dog. Yeah. I wouldn't buy it based on the name. I'm going to no, put it out there. it's not there. a great name. What is it's it? It's a bit of a powerful baby doo name. <laughs> what is it? I must know. Well, now I've got to Google it. I never usually put the information in here. We're going to have to put the um, um, explicit single. Tra- Tracy's dog clitorial vibrator stimulator. Oh, Woman's okay. most adored G-spot vibrator sex toy. That's nice. Tracy's dog. Yeah. Tracy's dog. Terrible name. I'm now having a look at um, it. Great products, it's... according to this. Person. I've seen one of those. <laughs> according to TikTok, bitch. <laughs> I've seen these things. Yeah. I'm across there. All way. right. The next one is, it will put you in a different dimension. Oh. 
sex toy. Yeah. Satisfier yes. Pro 2. Happy with that. Happy All right. The final also. one is it conjures bodies in motion, rolling tensions, and euphoric releases. Whoa. Tensions. Could you just repeat that for me? It conjures bodies conjures. in motion, bodies in rolling, motion. Tensions, rolling and tensions, and euphoric releases. Euphoric releases. Sex toy. That was Stereo Gum's review of Damn Jesse's it. album. Damn it. His goddamn publication. It was surprisingly easy to do this game. Everyone was yeah. very horny for this Jesse <laughs> And very disco pop influence with their sex toy reviews as well. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. Given that we're really pushing it for time now, should we give them a a double game bonanza? All right. Let's do this double whammy of games, I reckon. Mine is a pretty simple concept that will get you thinking... And I, I pre, I pre, uh, what do you call it? I, I foreshadowed this game um, in our personal messages this morning by sending you a bunch of random emojis. We're going to do the What's Your Pleasure emoji oh, game. Oh, is that it? I knew yes. there was something to that. So we're going to, and to be fully transparent with you, I was going to do something else until you said, I hope this is a clue. And then I went, actually, that's a better idea. I was going <laughs> to do Jesse Ware or another Ware, and I was going to do songs like um, Beware the Dog by the Griswolds. And various songs <laughs> that have the word Ware in them. But and anyway, this is much that better. That would have been a hard one. I'm going to give you an emoji. I'll say an emoji. I'll describe an emoji, and you've got to tell me what song on What's Your Pleasure it alludes to. I'm going to okay. preface this by saying this is probably going to be quite an easy game, I won't lie, because the lucky thing about Jessie is she uses very simple wording in the names of her songs. Yeah. For example... Okay, I'm not qu- going to bring up the track list so that it's a, it's harder. I like that, because, and yeah. this is the thing, as a super fan, you should be able to do this blind. <laughs> For non-super fans, you may have to bring up the track listing. Well, for I don't think I can do an emoji game blind. What, like, like, like drunk well, you have blind? have to see it, mate. No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just mate me? <laughs> Did I just what? Did you just mate me? Did you just no. have to see it, mate? <laughs> Absolutely not. He's never mated me. I never will mate you ever. Five years. Thank you. I appreciate that because I would have been very concerned. All right. First one. And I like that you're doing it blind because it'll be pretty fucking obvious if you're not. Um, First one. Giant yellow light is is flashing quite brightly. Giant yellow light flashing brightly. It feels like the hardest part of this game is going to be figuring out what emoji you're talking about rather than... Yeah, that's why I'm not saying what the emoji's called. I'm oh, explaining geez. what the emoji's doing. Flashing I'm doing light. The, the, the giant, big light. Oh, spotlight. Yeah, it's spotlight. Congratulations. Yay. That was a, that was a great first answer from you. <laughs> okay, the second one is the open book emoji. It's the open book emoji. You can see the little squiggly lines. Yeah. Then it's a person with their hand up. It's yeah. for, for clarity, it's the woman with her hand up. Yeah. Medium skin tone. The third one, if you hover over it. Medium skin tone. Yes. Is that necessary? Like, is that a necessary no, detail? No, nece- not a necessary detail at all. <laughs> I'm just trying to be as descriptive as possible. So we've got the book with the squiggly lines, 
woman with hand up, mid skin tone, and then a puckered pair of 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 lips. Ah, oh, read my lips. It's read my lips. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Great yeah, work. I was quite confused about that for a while. No, that was good. I liked that. Okay, this one might be a little bit more difficult. Okay. The first emoji is a, a near translucent, but not entirely transparent <laughs> sort of presence. It's not a. It, it's not a. It's not like a. It's not like a mirror or a window. It's just a presence of a sort of translucent nature, but yeah. not completely transparent. Then, it's Very the person cool. with their arms up in front of their face crossed. Yeah. And then it's a big red sign. So we've got translucent presence and then we've got man with arms up in front of his face and then a big red sign. Can you deduce from these emoji descriptions what song I'm talking about? Without checking the track listing of Jesse Wears What's Your Pleasure. Oh. Translucent, omnipresent existence is the first emoji. Oh. I know. It's Mirage, it? Don't Stop. It's Mirage in brackets, yes. Don't Stop. I almost said the kill. I was so close, but I had no reason for it. Very good. Wow. That's fantastic. Okay, one more. There is yeah. one last uh, emoji you can guess. You've done very well with this. I'm really proud of you. Thank um, you. Love to know if you're listening, what you got, um, whether it was with the, with the trap listing up or not. Final one is, it's an arrow, the, the arrow, it's an arrow, that's all you need yeah. to know. It's someone pointing, and then it's the eye emoji. Arrow, someone pointing. In Giant my, eyeball. In my eyes. Is that what it's called? In your eyes. In your eyes. In your eyes is correct. Four yes. out of four. I feel like I'm on BBC playing like a super fan quiz or something. And I was going to get my um, status taken away from me if I got it wrong. Look behind you. She's there. To, <laughs> to, to congratulate you. Jesse's behind Firstly, you. Firstly, I'd say please do not trespass in my apartment during COVID. <laughs> Secondly, why on earth did you fly? Ah. <laughs> Thirdly, welcome. We're about to have dinner, and I'm sure there's plenty for you. <laughs> Sam, that is my game. How should we close Brilliant. this beautiful episode? Well, I feel I d- like I've learned a lot today. I do want to ask you where you think she can go from here. Mm. Like, do you think she's in a place like your Carly's and your Robins and your Roisin Murphy's where you can kind of just continue to create at your will and not have to worry about um, the sales of things? Or do you think that given that people have responded to this one quite well and it's her highest charting album in the UK, she's going to have a little bit of an eye for success again? I think she will. And she deserves to. She deserves to finally have success and she deserves to finally have this many ears on her and this many eyes on her. And she deserves to do Coachella again when Coachella yeah. happens again and in get the dance that tent. fat crowd in exactly in the yeah. giant dance tent with the huge lighting and she deserves her renaissance moment and I think she'll get it and I think she will be more productive than ever and I hope she keeps doing all her other 
things as well. Like she's got is she going on a tour for the podcast? Did I read or is she already Yeah, done I think a tour she does podcast? tours. And when I when I interviewed her, she said that if she does come to Australia, she wants to do the podcast here as well. That's so good. Cool. So yeah. would she would she maybe do like, you know, two of the music and do say, you know, the opera houses and I cuz she's definitely going to be one of those like Sydney opera house kind of artists now that kind of comes and does Definitely. Those, those I more. reckon what she'll do is she'll play she'll she'll cook the food cuz they always cook on table manners. She'll pop it in the oven and then while she's waiting for the half an hour, she'll come out and do a few songs. Go back, get the food out, and then resume the podcast. Yes! I think that's the best way to do it from a budget and timing perspective. You should work into a man- like event management and events <laughs> <Exactly>. planning. <laughs> what a great industry right there. Absolutely. There's so much to be done. But yeah, I think in all seriousness, I think this is going to deservedly, so deservedly, there's very few people who deserve it as much as her. Give her another wind beneath her wings. Give her that second wind as an artist. And... Yeah. And I, I hope that she gets the, the success she deserves commercially as well as critically. I think it's a very exciting time to be Jessie Ware. You know what I would love to hear? I'd love to hear her on like a Calvin Harris record. Now that Calvin mm. Harris makes those very um, like vintage funk What's he calling himself now? Love Regenerator? Tune. Yeah, yeah, not, not that shit. The, the actual <laughs> Calvin. The, the promises Calvin and the... <laughs> Yeah, that kind yeah. of Calvin. I think that Jesse would sound brilliant on a song like that. It, w- it would be cool to just have let her have her um her big British house moment because I know she's kind of got an adoration for that genre, and it would be quite fun to hear her on the radio or something like that. Absolutely. Even like the new stuff, Disclosure are doing at the moment. Like I'm fully yeah. fucking back in with Disclosure at the moment. Me too. It, After Jessie really would leaving make, it. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was bored for a little while, and then yeah. they put out Ton. Not this gonna be a Disclosure chat, but um, that record Tondo they put out just like yeah. reinvigorated me for him. She would be perfect um, for that, and it would absolutely. be a real full circle thing now because that's how she kind of started that's how she got her name was from disclosure records yeah and i and like the idea of her doing something like because you know obviously slow tie is on the new disclosure song and, and it's just a perfect match for that got the right attitude and personality yeah. we've been talking a lot about attitude and personality and obviously slow tie was also on um deal with it with miramasa and that's a massively attitude-packed dan- yeah. dance core, like dance rock kind of record. Jesse yeah. would suit so well on a Miramasa. She'd be great. A, yeah, a, but not, that's not saying that she doesn't stand up on her own. Um, but yeah, having a no, couple of those little no, moments in addition not. and maybe to tie her over to the next album would be very exciting. Case in point, we love Jesse Ware. This has easily been the most positive episode of Flopstars we've ever done. You know, done. I wasn't going to allow it to be anything else. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're Don't worry, we'll do a real negative fans. one next week. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Spotify. Um, subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review. And um, if you think it's five stars worthy, four is fine. We'll, we'll deal with it. Um, and also make sure you check out um, the intern's interview with Jesse Ware around What's Your Pleasure? Because um, our super fan on the podcast, Sam, got to have a wonderful deep dive conversation. Um, Thank so make you, sure you go and check that out. You know pleasure. what? You haven't asked me what my pleasure is. What's your pleasure? My pleasure is speaking with you. Scene. <laughs> <laughs>